0: Dad, I cannot believe where we're standing right now. It's not just in Israel, but behind us is the Sea of Galilee. What it reminds me of is the beauty and the grandeur of the fact that the Word became flesh. When Jesus invites you on a journey, you have no idea that where He's taking you to is something that is beyond what you're comprehending at the time that you start out. He needed His friends. Often we discount the strength of community in our journey to Jesus. This is a Church of the Holy Sepulchre where we believe that the... His greatest power was demonstrating the power of sin and death. I've never been so excited to see nothing in all of my life. <laughs> I love that it's empty. That's right. The power of emptiness right there. When the power of Jesus helps you to overcome, what looks like is overcoming you. Do you know your answer could be sitting right next to you, but you'll never know it? until God is ready to reveal it. God says if you come back home, you'll see I haven't gone anywhere. So you draw near to him and he will draw near to you because he's the one who's never left. If you walk in the spirit or walk by means of the spirit, he will open up the hole for you to get through. The snake is going to try to stir stuff up. The snake is going to try to get you away from God. There is a serpent in the guy in your job, is to keep him out. Sometimes he brings a little something that's a little cue to let you know, keep on going, keep on trusting, because I hear you. One of the dominant questions of today. can be recited simply by asking Adam, where you at? The missing man has become the crisis of the day. Not the missing male, the missing man. It is the question of the single woman who can't find a worthwhile man to marry? She wanna know, Adam, where you at? It's the question of the single parent who's been abandoned by the father of her children, and she wants to know, Adam, where you at? It's that child who has to grow up with a physically or emotionally absent father. And he's asking the question, however he phrases it, Adam, where you at? It's the question of churches and pastors who have to keep calling on ladies to do Jew jobs that men ought to do because the men are missing in action. And the question is, Adam, where you at? We're living in a day when men have become domesticated, or abusive, or sissified. And the question on the floor is, Adam, where you at? We're living in a day of terrorism. Where violence, due to the absence of the conscience and the dumbing down of decency, has raised again the question, Adam, where you at? But worst of all, worse than all of that, is that God is asking the question. Adam, where are you? Now, if God can't find Adam, then you shouldn't be shocked. We can't find him either. Adam, where are you? And so the desperate need of today is to call males back to being men. As God defines a man. Not as the culture defines it. And so I want to speak with you about answering the question about the position of a man. Adam, where are you? Here is the first thing that you need to understand about a man and his position, not his location alone, but his position, and that is that it is a position of priority. I know some won't like that, but this is not a popularity meeting. It is a position of priority because God says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, God created Adam first, and then he created Eve. Word first. First has to do with order. First has to do with Progress in time. Adam and Eve were not created at the same time. Adam first, then Eve. God spends a whole chapter, Genesis 2, discussing Adam before Eve is ever created for Adam. Why? Because it would be the man who would be responsible. The man was created first because God would hold him responsible. Even though it was Adam and Eve in the garden hiding from God, God didn't say, Adam and Eve, where are y'all? He said, Adam, where are you? Because you are responsible. If you're going to be God's man, then you're going to have to accept responsibility for everything he brings behind you, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, because you're first. So if you are a man, if you are a male, God says, I'm holding you responsible, even if it's not your fault. See, it may not even be your fault, but I'm holding you responsible for fixing it God says in Malachi chapter 4 verses 4 through 6 he says there will be a messenger who will come who restore the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers so that I will not have to curse the land so if our culture is declining While we can discuss all the peripheral, political, sociological, racial, we can discuss all of those reasons why the culture is declining, but what God says is first, on the front end, where's the man? As you've heard me say, if you're a messed up man and you have a family, you're going to help make a messed up family if you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family and your messed up family goes to church then your messed up family is gonna make its contribution to a messed up church. If you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family resulting in a messed up church, and your church is supposed to be the light to the neighborhood, then your messed up church is gonna make its contribution to a messed up neighborhood. If you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family resulting in a messed up church causing a messed up neighborhood and your neighborhood's part of a city well, now your messed up neighborhood is going to make its contribution to a messed up city. If you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family, resulting in a messed up church, causing a messed up neighborhood that resides in a messed up city, and your city is part of the county, well, now your messed up city is going to make its contribution to a messed up county. If you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family, resulting in a messed up church, causing a messed up neighborhood that resides in a messed up city, that's part of a messed up county, and your county is part of the state, well, now your messed up county is going to make its contribution to a messed up state, if you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family, resulting in a messed up church causing a messed up neighborhood that resides in a messed up city, as part of a messed up county contributing to a messed up state and your state's part of the country, your messed up state's going to make its contribution to a messed up nation. If you're a messed up man contributing to a messed up family resulting in a messed up church causing a messed up neighborhood that resides in a messed up city, as part of a messed up county that's contributing to a messed up state that contributes to a messed up country and your country's part of the world, Well, now your messed up country is going to make its contribution to a messed up world. So, if you want a better world composed of better countries inhabited by better states because they're made up up of better counties, composed of better cities, inhabited by better neighborhoods, illuminated by better churches that are made up of better families, we got to start by becoming better men because it all rests on the position of the man. Because the man was first. He is to function as the foundation. So in this day of male abandonment, male abuse, male disregard, male irresponsibility, we have cultural chaos. He says man has a priority responsibility. Now, the foundation isn't the whole thing. That's where the woman comes in, and we're going to get to that. But the foundation is always the first thing. If you're building a building, it says in that verse, verse 8, he was hiding from the presence of God. Watch this. In the garden. He was hiding from God in his house. See, don't miss that. Not only was he hiding from God in his house, because the garden was Adam's house, the place he lived. Adam went to the house to get the leaves to hide from God. So he used what God gave him to hide from God. He literally used God's blessing to run from God. Today we have men who want all the blessings of God and they use the blessings to hide from God. He says he was hiding from the presence of God in the garden. See, you can hide from God in church. Adam, where are you? How does this this kind of man roll? In chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Then the Lord God took the man, because there's no woman yet, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. That's his house, the garden of Eden, to cultivate it and to keep it. Hmm. He gives the man a job. He gives the man a house. Places in the garden, that's his house. And he gives him a job. I want you to notice something, man. He gave him a house, he gave him a place to live. He gave him a job, but, but notice, he told him to cultivate it. Ah, oh, that's a different word. Cultivate it. See, He didn't just give him a job, he told him to be productive. See, to cultivate something is to produce something more than what you start with. So if you're in farming, you take seeds, you farm the seeds, because you now want growth and plants. And in other words, you want to be productive. In other words, you want more than what you start with. You're trying to become all that you were created to be. God expects a man to maximize his potential underneath God in whatever sphere of opportunity God gives him and whatever gifting he's placed on him. He says, not only do I want you to do that, but I want you to keep the garden. Cultivate it and keep it. The Hebrew word for keep means to guard or protect. I want you to protect your house. I want you to protect your garden. What is he protecting the house from? I mean, this is a perfect world he's living in. No, it's not. Slick is in the garden. Satan is in the garden, chapter 3. The serpent comes up to Eve. So, there are going to be problems in the garden because the snake is there. And the snake is going to cause stuff. The snake is going to try to stir stuff up. The snake is going to try to get you away from God. There is a serpent in the garden, and your job is to keep him out because you are responsible for the garden to keep the devil out because he's trying to get in. Provision and protection. That is the environment that Adam was responsible for. And then he gives him another instruction. Verse 16, Genesis 2. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will sure enough die. He gives him his word. His commandment, not his request, his commandment. Why? Because a male who plans to be a man must position himself under divine authority, which means God's word has the final say so in his life. Not his posse, not his friends, not his homeboys. Nobody overrules God, not even his wife. Because God is going to say in chapter 3, because you listen to your wife, all hell is broken loose in your life. Because as much as you love her, she's not supposed to overrule me. That his job is to oversee the communication and the operation of God's word in his sphere of influence starting with his family. Or as Joshua said, as for me and my house, Joshua 24, 15, this is how we roll, this is how we roll. As for me and my house, this is how, we, there's no vote here. God commanded me. I'm under commandment. But notice the command, the command, the command was a happy command. See, we we look at the negative part. Don't eat from that tree. No, no, that's not the first part of the command. The first part of the command was live it up. First command was from every tree of the garden you may freely eat. The first part of the command, he's a single man. He tells him the first part of the command is maximize all that I have given you. Maximize my creation. Maximize all that you can do. Just don't mess with that tree. He says, the day you eat of it, you're going to break relationship with me. That's death. He says that you are to carry my word. What was the difference between, what was the problem with this tree in the middle? Called the tree, it was a Google tree. Because they calls it a tree of knowledge. It was, it was Google. It was, it was the internet tree. <laughs> this tree was full of data. All kind of data. Good data, bad data. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the tree wasn't all bad. It had evil, but it also had good. But he said, I don't want you to eat it. Even though it's got good stuff on it. Why? Because, Adam, if you're going to be the man that I want you to be, created you to be, and you're going to be operating like you're supposed to be, then I want you to live by revelation, not reason. I do not want your human reason to determine your actions. I want divine revelation. What I say, and when I'm ready for you to know it, I'm going to tell it to you. Don't go out there apart from me and learn it on your own. One of the problems today with so many men is that they've gone so secular or they've been to some college, or they've gotten stuck in some career, or they've been hanging out with the wrong folk, and they've gotten all of this definition of manhood messing them up so that they're not able to function in the way God wants them to function, and we wind up as men being dead men walking. He says, no, he's talking to Adam. Guess what Adam's job was to be? He wants to make sure this information got transferred to Eve. He, got, he, he wanted to make sure this information got transferred to Eve. And he transferred it to Eve. In fact, he transferred it with a vengeance. What do I mean he transferred it with a vengeance? Because when the devil asked Eve, can you eat from the tree? She said, not only can I not eat from it, I can't touch it. So what Adam told her was, girlfriend, don't eat from that tree. And in case you didn't get it, Don't even go near it where you can brush up against it. He was to transfer. So if the wife has got to ask you, are you going to church today? If the wife has got to ask you, are you going to pray with the family? If the wife has got to ask you, are you going to have devotions? That means you're not fulfilling the spiritual responsibility of spiritually leading your home. You say, but I don't know what to do. I would already done the work, so all you gotta do is take what I did and say, family, let's discuss the sermon that we had on Sunday. And this places things in order. It gets things in the proper place. God says, not your reason, but my word must define you before I give you a woman Because when I give you a woman, and then when I give you a family, and then when I give you a culture, then when I give you a career, then when I give you all this stuff, it will be managed by me through you. It will not be managed by you apart from me. A man is to be the vehicle, the flow through from God to those entities, family, church, society, that he flows through as the first point of contact. Yes, women, you have your own personal responsibility and relationship with the Lord. That is to be primary. The Bible says even a husband can't overrule God in the life of his wife. But at the same time, God has a process that he prefers to flow through. So God is calling on men, and he's asking the question, Adam... Where are you? Not just a location question, but a position question. As you all have heard me say, at least the men have heard me say, I love being a man. And let me tell you one reason why. Verse 19 of chapter 2. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, there it is. Ooh, that was his name. You know why I love being a man? I get the name stuff. I get the name stuff. You know what the name stuff means in the Bible? When you got the name stuff, you got to own it. When you got the name stuff, you could exercise authority over it. Now, you can't just go name anything. you got to name what God brings you. But once God brings it to you, you get to own that thing. So I'd be naming everything I can get my hands on and giving it back to God. God gives you the ability and the authority. You get to do that if you're underneath his covenant and his covering So the question on the floor is, Adam, where are you now? I know that many men as I said earlier, have grown up without a biblical worldview. And I know that we as men, even if you had it, stray from it. And God is asking us today, where are you? Where are you as I define you? But that's where the good news comes in. Because in the Bible, there are two men named Adam, not one. You got the first Adam in Genesis 2 and 3. And the Bible says in Romans 5, he blew it for the whole race. In chapter, verse 18 and following of Romans 5, the first Adam blew it for the whole race. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 22, 45, and 47, it says there's another Adam. Adam number two. He's called the last Adam. While Adam number one got us booted out of the garden, the Bible says the last Adam is a life-giving spirit and he can escort you back into the garden. The first Adam may have messed you up, but the last Adam can pick you up. And you don't have to be like your daddy. You don't have to be like your granddaddy. You don't have to be like the people who influenced your life who were wrong. The last Adam can rename you. There were two two guys in a mountain climbing incident. And there was a man in the front and a man in the back, and there were two men in the middle who were climbing the the mountain, but in order to get them up there safely, there was a guide at the front named Adam and a guide at the back named Adam. So they are climbing up this mountain, but the problem is, as the first Adam, the Adam up front, he slipped and all the, all the folks were tied together by a rope. The first Adam slipped, and when the first Adam slipped, he pulled the two men with him, and they were gonna fall off of the precipice, but the last Adam took his ax and plowed it into the mountain so that all the men that were behind him could climb back up. The first Adam slipped, and he's dragging all the men down, but the last Adam on the cross has nailed that thing. And he says, if you climb up on me, I will take you back to what you think you lost. So the question is, Adam, where are you? Men, it's time to come home. Because he says, authentic people see God. Well, because they are for real, God can be for real with them. What he's offering you is a new life. Regardless of your past, regardless of all the things you've done, he says, follow me. Your mama didn't treat you right, your daddy didn't treat you right. He's gonna use all that ugly stuff to take your life, make your life so you can save somebody else's life